So I was recently put in Facebook jail for writing a comment about wanting to, quote, kill a frick ton of does this fall. It's no secret that big tech companies have been slowly encroaching on our outdoor lifestyle, and that's why I'm thankful for companies like Go Wild. Go Wild is like any other social media app, except that it's geared towards outdoors men and women. You're able to share your stories and pictures from the field, log your trophies, and engage with other hunters, all without fear of being censored by Big Brother. We recently teamed up with Go Wild to create an easy place where you can see and even purchase all of the gear that you see me use on the Southern Ground Hunting Channel. All you have to do is go download the app to your smartphone and search Parker McDonald to see my gear page. You can also find other gear for purchase in the store from brands like Garmin, Vortex Optics, Rocky Boots, and thousands more. Now here's the best part. If you use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, all lowercase, all one word, you can save 10% on anything in the Go Wild store. Again, that's Southern Ground, all lowercase, all one word, and that'll save you 10%. I think that's pretty cool. So check out the show notes of this episode for the download link to join hundreds of thousands of other hunters like us on Go Wild. The Southern Ground Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, that's all lowercase, all one word, SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout and that'll get you 25% off of your purchase. Wanting to know more about saddle hunting? Well, check out tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you'd like to support the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. We offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Southern Ground Hunting. And now, let's get to the show. All right, y'all. This is going to be a pretty quick episode today. Um, as you can hear, I think you can probably hear it. I'm driving on the highway with my headset on recording this podcast. And um, <clears throat> I'm headed back home to Alabama. If you could, please send up a prayer for my family. All of my kids are sick. My son is uh, real sick. He's throwing up. It's just kind of, it's been pretty bad for him. But my wife's sick, daughter's sick, son's really sick, not feeling well. So if you could, send up a prayer for my family. Um, I had big, huge plans to be in Pennsylvania this weekend and uh, for the Spartan Forge hunt, and that is not going to happen for me now, and uh, I had to turn around and head back to the house, so just left Kentucky, and uh, it was, man, just a, a grind, you know, the last episode, last week's episode was about Kentucky as well. We talked with Scooter, and uh, just a great, great episode with him. 
Um, but I've invested a lot of time over the past probably four four years in Kentucky, in the state. And if you've listened to this podcast through that whole time, you know that Kentucky seems to eat my lunch a lot. I've had some decent success in the state. Uh, last year killed a really good deer. and uh, But, I mean, this time it, it just it ate my lunch again, and for different reasons. So, uh, you know, we went the end of October pretty much got our tails kicked in like we we our tails kicked in I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense but we got our teeth kicked in or our tails kicked nobody tagged a deer we had two deer that weren't recovered just a quick recap Um, but a large camp full of lots of good hunters and nobody killed a buck which is tough man like that's that's really that that tells you how tough the hunting was that specific week and um so a few of us decided we were going to just go ahead and come back right now during the rut heat of the rut um so we plan to come here for about six days i'm sorry three days and see if we can make something happen and one of the things that is pretty cool if you're a guy from the south and you have uh, hunted Alabama, Georgia, um, Louisiana, Mississippi, any of these southern states, Florida, that have lower deer densities. Rut just means the time that you might see a buck, right? Like, it, it's not, nothing's guaranteed. You, you're not going to see a buck every single hunt, probably. Rut's just your best time to do it. Well, when you go to states like Kentucky, um, Tennessee can be this way as well, but Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, you go to one of these states like this and you actually get to experience rut activity, it's something pretty special. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, when you actually see deer doing what deer are supposed to do, it's a pretty neat experience. And man we we came back and long story short uh we all three me clayton and scott killed bucks me and scott killed both killed one today and clayton killed a really good one uh monday so we'll start out with that i mean i monday morning went in and i've really been i've really been second guessing myself and my my own hunting abilities like it's been it's been a tough season not as far as seeing deer but seeing bucks has been really tough for me i've been in really good spots to see numbers of deer i've killed a bunch of does you know it's been fruitful it's been successful but my buck sightings just haven't been what they normally are it's been a while since i haven't killed a buck in october and i didn't kill a buck in october this year and that's it was it was tough for me and it wasn't because I was letting a bunch of them walk, it was because I wasn't seeing them, and uh, but it, it was a rough month. And going into this trip, my confidence was just super low. As I said on last week's episode, I I just wasn't even on deer when we came to Kentucky two weeks ago. I just I wasn't even on like numbers of deer. I, would, I didn't even see hardly any does. Like it was just it was just really tough on me. 
so this this time going into this trip I was I was down and you know in my feelings and all that stuff well Monday morning I planned to sit all day long um, I was in a saddle uh, I was wearing a saddle but I was hunting a terrain saddle it's actually the same one where I killed the good buck on last year and saw three, including the deer I killed, I saw three good deer on the, using this saddle that day. And so I, uh, I planned to go in and sit it all day and, you know, really try to wait them out because I figured if the, if the bucks are pushing does, they're going to push them into this area. I know there's already a lot of good deer sign in here. I know there's a lot of deer. And the other good thing is, is it's very difficult to walk back there. So I know it's not probably getting a ton of hunting pressure. Because I use the boat. I use the kayak. So um, I felt pretty confident. Well, I didn't see a single deer all morning long. And it really started working on me. Like, do I need to move? Do I need to go somewhere else? And I didn't. I stayed put. Uh, at about 10 o'clock, I was thinking, I'm going to get down and go try to find somewhere else to hunt. Which is mistake number one. So, we all do it. We all second guess ourselves. You don't see deer. Every buck I've ever shot, just about every buck I ever shot, I have had this conversation internally with myself at some point before I shot him on that day like wrong spot no deer here I should move one of the things that I've learned about bucks and and hunting bucks is that nothing is for sure like the first hour of daylight that that's not really the prime time I don't know that there is a prime time but if I had to if I had to put a time that I think is the best time to kill bucks not just even mature bucks but just bucks in general my sightings tend to be after 9 30 in the morning um it, and it doesn't really it doesn't really matter what time of the season it seems like 9 30 it's kind of a magic time everything starts to open up and the woods are you know birds are chirping and i i've just killed so many bucks after nine at 9 30 and after that it's hard to it's hard for me to say that that first hour of daylight is the most important and we do so much we always do so much we put so much on ourselves to get in before dark or get in before daylight while it's still dark outside and i don't know that it's always necessary uh, so anyways backing up to to monday morning Around 10 o'clock, I was getting that way and feeling like I'm not going to see anything. It's a waste of time. I should just go home. <laughs> I should just leave Kentucky on day one and go home because I'm not going to see any deer. Well, 11.30 rolls around and a I hear a grunt. I hear grunting hard and it's getting closer. And I look up and there is a stud of a buck chasing a doe right to me. That doe comes all the way to my tree, and I'm surprised she didn't, like, graze my tree, honestly. She was right there, and I just couldn't get this buck to stop. He was such a good deer, and I just couldn't get him to stop. Um, 
and they they got away. Uh, I was beating myself up about it too, even though there wasn't a whole lot that I could have done. Hunting deer in the rut is a hard thing to do. I've had it happen several times where you just can't you can't stop them. They're hard on the trail, and you can't stop them. But one thing I have picked up on is that moment right there makes the rest of the day magical. So if you if you ever get in a situation where you have a hot doe come through and you're not able to capitalize maybe on a buck that comes by with her that's chasing her, the first buck, man, sit tight because it could get wild. Uh, and I've, I've seen it happen several times. I don't know if, if you guys remember a, a video I put out last season of the buck that I tagged out on in Alabama. But there was a giant buck chasing a doe. And she, they ran right to me, and I was not able to get a shot off on the big buck. But less than an hour later, I was putting my hands on a buck, a different one that was on that trail. So that hot doe coming through there is going to be the, like, that is the, like, holy grail of deer hunting. When that hot doe comes through, it's about to, it's about to be good for the rest of the day. And sure enough, so this, this big buck gets out of sight, and... I'm looking at my camera, trying to see if I got anything on film, which I did not. Uh, it all happened so fast. My camera just didn't, it didn't, it couldn't catch up with itself when I, I turned it on and hit record and it just, it didn't register the record. So, um, as I'm sitting there looking at that footage or looking, seeing if I got footage, uh, I hear more leaves and sure enough, here comes a buck running down this ridge. Now, just to kind of explain this ridge system to you, um, I, I don't see this as much in Alabama, in the hill country that I hunt in Alabama, but it seems like everywhere else that I'm at, the ridge tops kind of suck most of the time. You'll see a lot of sign on tops of the ridges, but during the rut, those bucks are pushing those does all over these ridges, and they're they're cruising them, they're, hitting their, they're checking their scrapes, but they're using these saddles to get from one side to the other. I see a lot of the bigger bucks cruising on the top third, like we talk about quite a bit. But um, if you can find a saddle off of a finger ridge in, in a lower elevation than the top. So not the very, very top, but uh, imagine a big, long, just imagine a big, long snake. And then imagine it has a second head that splits off of it so where that second head splits off a lot of times on these on these ridges it's going to make a uh, a saddle right there and those can be really good because these bucks that are pushing does on the top third or that are cruising on that top third that's just naturally going to be a spot that they that they end up on to get from one side of the ridge to the other so that's where I was set up. I killed there last year. Anyways, I'll get back to the story. They bucks got out of buck and doe got out of sight. I hear another one coming, and he was not as big as the first one, but he was a good one. He was a buck that I would have been more than happy to uh, to bring home. But he was on the mission just like the first one. He was hot on this doe's trail, nose to the ground, came right to the base of my tree and I mad him and uh, stopped him, got him stopped about 10 yards, 
and I shot him. Well, the arrow hit its mark. It hit exactly where I was aiming. I was going for that. He was quartered two because he was coming at me, so he was pretty fairly hard quartered two, and I put it right in his shoulder. Um, at this distance, with the type of heavier arrows that I'm using, I was not even concerned at one at the least about hitting that shoulder. Um, I knew I'd get enough penetration in there to hit those vitals that were in there. The arrow buried up to its fletchings, like all the way through the deer, and exited. Uh, the 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 broadhead exited. The arrow stayed in though. It buried into the, about the fletchings. This deer run off. He kind of jumped back. Probably had a broken shoulder at that point and ran off. He ran uphill about 60 yards and stopped and looked and looked back at me, trying to figure out what was going on. And then he just slowly walked down. He walked uphill, then he walked down into the bottom. Well, at this point, I am just jacked. I'm so excited. My season went from zero to hero. I'm so pumped up. And uh, call everybody. I give him about 30 minutes. I get down, go look for blood, and I'm not finding anything. I'm not finding my arrow. So I backtrack. I didn't go far because I didn't want to mess anything up. I didn't want to push him if I didn't have to. I wanted to see the blood. But I felt confident that that, that arrow hit the mark and that it was a good shot. Um, so I backtrack and I end up running into some blood. And it was liver blood, which I assumed to be on the, the exit. But being that that was the only blood that I had, I decided that I needed to just back out. Anytime you get a liver hit deer, you kind of have to treat it as a gut shot deer. And that, it was the best option. It was pretty much my only option, uh, just from what I know about tracking deer, tracking blood, and all this stuff, is a liver shot deer you have to treat as a gut shot, even though I felt confident that I demolished the lungs as well. So I go back to the boat and start trying to figure out a tracker and you know trying to get a dog let me tell you something about dogs in kentucky they're very hard to come by in november they're all booked up they're all super busy and um they all charge so it's a little bit different than alabama most trackers in alabama don't charge money and i think the kind of the average around kentucky from what i gathered was around 300 to 350 dollars which i'd be happy to pay I would be more than happy to pay. The problem, the issue I was running into is being able to get a dog and a tracker and myself back to this spot with a kayak. Uh, that was all I had. I didn't have a boat or anything like that. Um, so I went back to the boat, start trying to figure out a tracker. Then I go back to the cabin with Clayton. He's just finished getting his deer all taken care of. Go back to the cabin with Clayton and... Um, we run my shot through this, it's called bow hunt simulator. So this is something that you guys should all go download right now. It's, it's an amazing app on your smartphone and it's, uh, you know, not, not like a sponsor of the show or anything like that. It's just a really valuable tool. If you've watched Shane Simpson's videos, I think he uses, um, 
the bow hunt simulator for some of his tracks but what it does is you're able to put in all the details so how high you were in the tree how far was the shot where did you hit um and, and what angle was the deer when it was standing and you can you can very in a very detailed fashion kind of adjust it to exactly what happened and what it's going to show you is what vitals you hit so after you put all the details it'll say you hit lung right lung left lung shoulder veins heart liver whatever based on where that hit was and it's really a cool app so we went to the cabin and clayton had this app on his phone and he was like well let's just run it through and see see what could possibly happen and at every scenario that that arrow hits the shoulder that arrow if it did not hit the shoulder it would have passed straight through it would have zipped through that deer no doubt in my mind if i would have hit back in the guts it's zipping through that deer if i would have hit you know uh back strap it would have zipped through the deer but it didn't it buried in its shoulder and he took the arrow with him in every scenario at just about every angle that was close we we ran it through the millman like we really said okay the worst case scenario worst case scenario on this shot was that i hit one lung and lit and exited liver but almost every other option was double lung exit liver from what i knew about this shot that should be an easy recovery there's just no doubt about it and so we were like well let's just go get the deer so we waited for scott um come and hunter hunter Lindsay came out there and we were like okay let's just go walk in there we got a mile and a half or so walk two mile walk let's go find this deer and we get there i go to the blood and we still turn up nothing we didn't search too hard because it was dark and we didn't want to mess it up if I were to be able to get a tracker in there. But we just, out of four guys, we just didn't find any other sign that pointed us in the, even in the right direction. We were on our hands and knees looking for blood. We just couldn't find anything and uh, made the decision just to back out and wait till the daylight. But we all still felt very optimistic that... When I went back in daylight the next day, I was going to run into this deer. I was going to find it pretty easily. Well, went back Tuesday morning at daylight, around 6.30, 7 o'clock. Went in there, and I grid searched this whole place. I searched so hard. I walked up and down mountains, through ditches, all over the, I mean, through briar patches. Every thicket that I could find just trying to find some trace of this deer and the only thing i found was a big old mama sow hog and a bunch of little baby piglets so if you're on instagram you can go and see i caught one of the little piglets and uh posted a picture of it on southern ground hunting instagram page so i looked all morning into the afternoon tried to see if i found could find like buzzards or anything to find this deer and uh i just couldn't find him couldn't get a tracker none of the trackers wanted to come out there they didn't want to 
you know, they didn't want to go that hike that far in where we would have had to hike. And I couldn't find one that had a boat so that we could get back there. It was just logistic. It was a logistics nightmare when it comes to trying to find my deer and getting people into the area. And that's something good to think about for you guys who are, you know, doing the kayak hunting or boat hunting type stuff. Logistics in getting people back to help you are pretty tough if you don't have a boat big enough to fit a bunch of people. Because if you're doing it right, you're trying to go into areas that are hard to walk into. And that's just, that was that was what happened. So I searched and searched, <laughs> never found the deer, and just kind of beat up. This morning I woke up and you know, I wanted to take my kayak into there, but I didn't want the same thing to happen again. And uh, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine if it happened twice where I needed a tracking dog or put a gut shot on a deer or something like that. And I just, I was just kind of a little gun shy, I guess would be the right word. So uh, we're sitting around the table around three o'clock this morning and uh, trying to figure out what we were going to do. And Hunter said, Hunter Lindsay was staying in our cabin with us. And he was like, I told you, you can go hunt my lease anytime you want. And I was like, homie, you never told me that. You never told me I can hunt your lease. And, uh, <laughs> so long story short, I, I was like, yeah, dude. I was like, if I see a basket rack eight point, on the last day, can I shoot it? And he was like, I don't care what you shoot. It's like, well, heck yeah, this is going to be awesome then. Uh, I just needed, I needed some redemption. I needed, you know, I, while I didn't earn anything, uh, it, it's weird. And you guys who hunt public land a lot are going to understand that when you, when you shoot a deer that you didn't, work, like, figure out, there was not a whole lot of tactics involved in figuring it out it's different it's it's not the same feeling when you've been so used to the feeling of like conquering and figuring him out when you go and pretty much sit in somebody else's spot it's just a different feeling uh still fun still awesome like better than sitting at home you know like it's just it's it's still what we live for but it's it's just a different feeling and I, I would I, I say it all the time on the show, but I, I want people to hunt the way that they want to hunt, and I want want you to enjoy the way that you do it. But there was definitely a difference for me, like for in for my experience of this, and uh, I was hesitant to say yes to going out there, but I was like, you know what? I mean, it's either that or I'm probably going to pack up and go home because I was just defeated. So I go out here and pretty much immediately have deer on me, which was really cool on this lease. And it's also the first time I've sat in a tree stand in like three years. <laughs> like, I, I just I just don't ever do that. And Hunter had a tree stand set up here. So I'd never done that. I hadn't done that in, in years, hunted from one. And so that was a little bit weird, getting my camera set up and everything like that. But uh, pretty much immediately had deer on me on top of me and uh long story short i just sat there for a little bit and a spike 
came through. I got up to look at the spike to get him on film, to get my camera on him. So I stood up. And as soon as I stood up, pretty much, I see this other bigger buck walking on the, a field edge. And he stops at a licking branch and a scrape and just starts going to town on it. And at this point, I could see that he was a decent deer, you know, and he wasn't, he wasn't a, it wasn't a scrub buck by any means. And, uh, made the decision that if he, if he comes over here, I'm going to shoot him. And that's what I did. That, I mean, it was, it was simple as that. Like, I, I always try to be very transparent with everybody on stuff. And usually I have like some great adventure story. Uh, like, I just don't. I don't have that this time. It's, it's, it was a different type of hunt, a different type of experience for me um, that I haven't had in a long time. But truth be told, this is probably the same experience that a lot of you guys have and, and with most deer that you shoot. Um, I know before I started doing all this public land stuff, that's the way that I hunted, and it was and it was what I knew it's what it's what I knew how to do and uh I know a lot of people probably listen to this it's what you do you hunt your lease you hunt your hunting club you sit in a tree that maybe you didn't prep maybe you didn't put it together but you shoot a deer and it feels so good when it all comes together and and, and it does like if it, it feels great for me I'm so happy to have punched the tag in Kentucky this year as especially as while I didn't feel like I earned I didn't feel like I earned this buck. I didn't feel like it was like, uh, like I, you know, went on my maps on my Spartan Forge and you know looked at how everything was laid out and the terrain and the vegetation and it wasn't anything like that. I do feel like I worked my tail off this weekend or this week, and it didn't come together the way I thought it would. But it still came together. Like, I was able to go in and and do a stress-free thing, you know, and relax and just enjoy it. Not have to worry about, can I get somebody in here to help me? You know, I literally drove right up to the deer where he, where he laid at and threw him in the bed of the truck. Like, it was a, it was a, it was a relaxing day. And that sounds anticlimactic but it was not it was awesome it was such a good day it was so much fun and uh, I do appreciate Hunter for letting me go out there to his his lease property and he knew it was he knew it. he could tell it in my in my face and my voice I was just done I was just defeated like I think we all have these type of situations especially if you bow hunt a lot where you you just get beat. You get beat down. You don't recover a deer, or that you, especially when you think you hit it good, um, or you're not on deer. You're not getting them into range. Whatever the situation, it's just these little things that make you want to say, "I'm just going to go to the house." At least there, I can't screw up. But to me, that is that is the worst possible outcome. Is to just give up. I don't want to give up. I want to keep going. I'm there to do something, and I want to do it. I want to. I want to be successful in it. And you hear the term like "grind till you die," 
Cam Haynes has the no one cares, no one cares, keep hammering or whatever. Like those things are just, they're really good. They're, they're rich to think about, you know, it's like, yeah, everything kind of fell apart and fell to crap, but it can all change in just a moment, uh, literally a second, everything changes. I just learned that this week, you know, or I, I relearned it, I guess. Uh, I got myself sick in the process, sitting out in the cold. If you can't tell, I've, I've got, I'm all stopped up and not feeling too, too hot, but it was a good week. We all three tagged our bucks, me, Clayton, and Scott got to punch our Kentucky tags. And, uh, and that's awesome. Scott, as I was loading my deer up, Scott shot a buck. So I was able to go and help him retrieve that and get that deer out of there. Out of the woods, we drug it out, got it on its sled, and put it on his e-bike and all, all the cool stuff. And uh, we're able to get out of there and, I mean, ultimately had a very successful week. So there's a couple things right here that, that you guys, I, I really good nuggets that you guys could probably um, – gain some knowledge on you know some of the cons of doing the the water access stuff that I do that that's the stuff that I dealt with this week is I feel like every con of water access and doing it with a kayak was realized this week uh, but there was also some really really valuable things that I learned in the process uh, and one of those things is not necessarily tactical but it's mental. It's it's a like it can all change in a blink of an eye. And it happened to me twice this week. I'm just I'm really excited. I'm really now, you know, I feel like my season has taken a a turn, a good turn. Even though it wasn't the way that I expected it to, it taken it took I went from highest of highs I went from lowest of lows to highest of highs which is bow hunting period so I told you guys it was going to be short I said it was going to be pretty quick I just wanted to tell you the story and give you a little bit of encouragement I know a lot of people are probably dealing with the same stuff you feel like you suck at it and you're never going to kill another deer there was a time when I thought there was a time this earlier this week that I thought I'm never going to see another buck for the rest of my life I'm just done. I'm done seeing bucks, but you just got to keep going, keep persevering, keep after it. Eventually, the stars are going to align, and you're going to be blessed. And I believe that for you. I know a lot of good deer have been hitting the ground this week. It's first week of November is behind us. We're into the second week. A lot of people are experiencing rut activity. A lot of listeners sending me uh, pictures and. Uh, Instagram messages with your bucks. So congratulations if you filled a tag. If you're not, man, if you haven't, keep going. Keep after it. Don't quit. Don't go home. Keep going. Don't go home unless your wife needs you to be home, which is what I'm doing right now. Uh, <clears throat> so that's going to be it. That's going to be it for this episode. We're going to be getting after them in Alabama for the next week or so. After, then after Thanksgiving, things are about to, it's going to get wild in Alabama. Rut's coming for uh, for a lot of the southern states, so 
Keep after it, man. Keep going. Don't quit. That's going to be it for this week. You guys have an awesome weekend. I hope you kill big giant bucks everywhere. We'll talk to you guys later. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Spartan Forge, Tethered, New Canoe, and Scree Gear. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, hats, t-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you here again next week. Remember this, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.